Well, good evening. Hey, thank you for tuning in tonight. I know we're a little bit different on time, but remember we, we started announcing we're going to do 7 o'clock just to give us time. Uh, we were hoping to be able to be outside today, but as you see, it's still raining. Uh, but according to, the we according to the weatherman, it was only uh, supposed to rain until like 3 o'clock today. So uh, that's why we don't listen to him here in Louisiana. We just watched the radar, and uh, we just kind of figured out our own. But anyways, we're here. We're live tonight. And uh, again, 7 o'clock on Wednesdays. If it's not raining, we're going to be out here. But honestly, guys, there's only a couple more Wednesdays uh, before we're back in the building. And so let me, uh, let me open this up real quick so I can talk to you about that. Um, May the 31st. That's May the 31st. That is two Sundays from now. That's the last Sunday of the month of May. That is Pentecost Sunday. We are going to be back in our building. We're going to be back in our building. We're going to have everything set up with, with six feet apart. We're going to have tables in here. We're going to have people at the door giving you a squirt of hand sanitizer for free. It's not even going to charge you. Uh, we're going to be able to come in. We're going to have our worship. Our children are going to stay with us. Uh, we've got some other things that we're doing that I'm going to start sending out to you. But start planning now for May the 31st at 10 a.m. We're going to come here. We're going to have a great time worshiping in-house. Listen, if you're still concerned about it, you can park in the parking lot. We'll have the FM radio going, or you can watch it on live. But it, over the next two weeks, we're going to release all the information of what we're doing to make sure everybody is protected the best that we can, okay? We're following all the guidelines, plus we went above and beyond. So I'll, I'll fill you in on all of that. But with that said, that means next Wednesday, the 27th, is really the last Wednesday we could do a parking lot if it's, if it's clean. So uh, we'll have to play that by ear, guys, okay? Just watch Facebook. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in and being with us. But, hey, May 31st is an exciting day. Number one, it's Pentecost Sunday. And uh, we're going to be back together, and we are praying for a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit uh, when we're all back together. Uh, you know, we all come together. We get to pray together. We get to worship together. And, uh, we, again, we're going to release some other stuff for you. So uh, it's going to be an exciting time. But tonight we come together to worship and to love on Jesus. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, don't forget, if you're watching us on Facebook, go to newlifeag.church. You can find a lot of other information. Uh, if you're watching us on the other one, go to Facebook and type the word New Life Marksville, M-A-R-K-S-V-I-L-L-E. Just one word, and you'll find us. Like our page, and then you can follow the information there as well. Amen? Hey, so let's pray, and we're going to do some worship tonight. So, Father, we thank you for letting us be together. Lord, I know we would have loved to have been outside, but, Lord, we're in-house here, and we're together worshiping you, and I know you're here. So, Lord, we pray tonight that you would receive our worship and be here in the midst of us as we're here at the church and people are scattered around the world. God, we know you are in their homes because you said where two or more are gathered, you're in their midst. So I pray a powerful move of the Holy Spirit in their homes tonight. Lord, just let your power flow through the worship as we love you. Let your, your anointing flow through the preaching of the word that it would forever change us. Lord, we, Holy Spirit, have your way in this time we have together tonight, even though we're not physically all in the same building. We know you connect every one of us through the Spirit, and we ask this all in Jesus' mighty name. And if you agree with that, I just want you to say amen on Facebook or hallelujah, whatever you want to type. But listen, we're going to do a little bit of worship here, so uh, join in with us tonight.
Especially when I hit that G instead of an F, and I was just like, that didn't sound right. Jesus, help me. Can I call that just in the spirit messing up? No? Okay, never mind. We have fun when we worship, guys, even when we make mistakes. So that's okay. Y'all may have never, not even heard it, but it didn't matter. Yeah, but an off-key joyful noise is, never mind. We're not going to get it that. So, Hallelujah.
thank you for your your word we thank you for your presence we thank you for all your blessings god lord i pray that you just continue to be with us tonight as we search the scriptures as we look into your word tonight god challenge us and forever change us by the power of the holy spirit by the power of your word in jesus name hey guys we're going to swap over real quick and we'll be back in just a moment i promise you they're going to throw the announcements up thank you
Hey guys, well good evening again. Thank you for tuning in with us tonight. Uh, if you don't know, my name is Richard. I'm the pastor here at New Life. And uh, listen, I want us to look into the word tonight. I want you to grab your Bible and you're going to go over to Numbers chapter 22. Um, we were we were in Numbers 22 earlier uh, Sunday and uh, I started talking a little bit about some things. But what, what I want to do is, is I want us to uh, dig a little bit deeper. I'm going to move this back a little bit, make sure they got good lighting. And uh, I was going to create some videos for it and everything, but uh, I don't know. I just I felt like it would be easier if I if I did it this way and uh, we s will start going through it. So it's Numbers chapter 22. And uh, I really wish my uh, my stuff would completely synchronize tonight, but it does not want to cooperate. But that's OK. I'll, I'll be all right. I promise you. Numbers chapter 22. I'm going to turn this sideways so I can read off my notes. Uh, we started talking Sunday about moving beyond his word. We can't go beyond his word. But I want us to go through and look at chapter 22 in the book of Numbers. And uh, we're going to talk about some things. And I'm going to start unpacking this for you. So look at this. Numbers chapter 22. They'll have it on the screen for you. Then the Israelites traveled to the plains of Moab and camped along the Jordan across the Jer from Jericho. Now Balak, son of Zippor, saw all the Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was terrified because there were so many people. Indeed, Moab was filled with the dread because of the Israelites. Look at this. Then Mo the Moabites said to the elders of Midian, This horde is going to lick up everything around us as an ox licks up the grass of the field. So Balak, son of Zippor, who was king of Moab at that time, sent messengers to summon Balaam. So here's where we're going to start really getting into where we're at. Sent messengers to summon Balaam son of Beor, who was at Pethor, near the Euphrates River, in his native land. Balak said, a people has come out of Egypt. Look at this. They covered the face of the land and have settled next to me. Okay. Now come and put a curse on these people because they are too powerful for me. For perhaps then I will be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land. And here's where I want you to look at right here. For I know that whoever you bless is blessed, and whoever you curse is cursed. The elder of Moab and Midian left, taking with them the fee for divination. Okay? So they took money with them to pay the prophet Balaam. When they came to Balaam, they told him what Balak the king had said, spent, and then they spent the night here. Well, he told them, spend the night here. Balaam said to them, and I will report back to you with the answer the Lord gives me. So the Moabite officials stayed with him. Okay. I want us to look at this for a second. As I broke down Sunday a little bit, I was trying to bring it, but there's just too much for me to unpack in, in like a 15, 20-minute time. That's why the worship was a little shorter tonight, so I can have a little bit more time with you here. So, so here it is. We see, for I know that whatever you bless is blessed, and whoever you curse is cursed, right there in, in verse 6. So let's, let's look at this for a second. We don't see Balaam before he comes to here. But we know that for some reason, they knew who Balaam was, and they considered him to be a prophet. They considered him to be somebody who could curse, who could do the things that they needed done, right? They, they needed somebody to be able to curse the Israelites because what was happening was is these people, there were so many of them, were moving across the land. Their cows, their cattle, all the, the different things they had were eating all the grass, and they were also destroying the other people as the Lord gave them the word to do. 
Why? Because this is the promised land. They were moving slowly that away, and they were following the word of the Lord. So here we have Balaam now, which I'm, I'm using my phone to read off of, and it, it constantly wants to go off, so I have to look at it to unlock it. Don't, don't you love the iPhone where it uses face ID and not your thumb? But that's okay. We'll get there. So for I know that whoever you bless is blessed, whoever you curse is cursed. So let me, let me give you some background here. I, when I look into the Old Testament like this, traditionally what I try to do is I try to go to some uh, Jewish rabbi teachings, okay? Why? Because this part of the, the Bible is their history, and they know it so well. So I, I go to multiple sites that I have where I look back into the rabbinical teachings. That's the rabbi teachings. And, and I ran across one here. It's called the book, the Zohar, right? And it, it talks about this thing was written in the second century by a rabbi. He, he wrote about Balaam. And, and he had some interesting things when he described who, ba who Balaam was as far as they considered him to be a prophet to the Gentiles, which was really interesting. Uh, now, none of this is in our Bible. This is what their history teaches them. And I'm, I'm not putting a doctrine on this. I'm just trying to help us understand who this person was it, at this time, okay? So, oh, it's really going to be fun tonight since I, I can't get my, uh, my other one open. But I want to read to you what, what they said about him. Check this out. Here we go. Ah, there it is right there. Hallelujah, Jesus. They thank you, Lord Jesus. No, it ain't it, so don't worry about it. <laughs> so, I thought I was saying thank you, Jesus. So, look at this. They considered him to be a prophet in that land, but look how they described him. This is the part I wanted you to, to see. Look how the, the, the rabbis, how the teachers back in the second century, how they classified who Balaam was. He is very explicit in describing this. So look at this. Balaam is a man of low character, giving many examples of his appearing to credit himself with great insights and thereby misleading those who considered him to be a great prophet. The Jewish people considered him to be a man of low character. Okay? Look at that. They also, they, they went in and they considered him to be an evil prophet, but not a false prophet. So this, this is where we're going to, I don't really need this at this time to, to really break this down for you. So they considered him an evil prophet, but I don't want you to use the word evil because... In the Jewish people, to their teachings, anything you did that was contrary to the word of God or, or to the law that they had was evil. But if we break that down into term that would probably help us a little bit better, we're going to call him a carnal prophet. Okay? He was a carnal prophet because of this fact. Look at this. He was a person that was willing to be paid for what he did. Because remember, they brought him the diviner's fee. They were willing to bring money to him. And if we read further on, like I did Sunday, they brought him, they were willing to bring him all the silver and gold if he would just curse the Israelites. Now, if, if you've been a Christian for a while, you understand that you can't, you can't curse the, the uh, children of God. Why? Because you go all the way back to the Abrahamic covenant. That's with Abraham. It says, God spoke to Abraham and said, who you blessed will be blessed, who you cursed will be cursed. So they couldn't speak a curse against them. But the thing we want to focus on tonight is how does this apply to our lives in this day and hour? 
He was a very carnal man who was willing to, to bow down for money. Think about that for a second. He was willing to bow down for money. Well, I'm not willing to walk away from God for money. Yeah, but people do it all the time. Can, can I share with you a, a story? Let's see, I don't have it with me here, but that's okay. Can I share a story with you for a moment? Back in 1973, I was born. My sister was born in 74. When we were born, my dad was in church. He, he was the bus driver of a little Baptist church in, in Corpus Christi, Texas. I, I'm going to use him as an example here. I have his Bible here somewhere. I think I put it up in my office. And, and I, I read all the notes in there and how, how much he was allowing God to use him during that time. So my sister was born in 1974. And, and so he gets an opportunity about 75, I think it was, in 74 to 75, to go overseas in the oil field and live in Singapore and make a whole lot more money. Now, I don't know if he prayed about it or not, but what I do know is he left and went into oil field and he didn't go back to church. We moved to Singapore. We lived there for a few years. We came back to America. We moved all over. He, he never went back to church. He left what God was doing to chase money. Now, here's, here's the part I want you to understand. We do this stuff all the time. You do this all the time. I'm trying not to do this anymore because I have done this in the past. What, what we do is we say, well, well God, I, I, I don't know if this is your will for my life or not. I, I don't know if I should do this or not. And if you look at the thing that you're, you're asking about, like, like, for instance, let, let's just say you have somebody that's, that's had a problem with alcohol, right? And they, they, they get saved and God sets them free from that alcohol. Then all of a sudden they get an opportunity to go work at a bar. Now, I'm being very facetious in this, but I need you to understand where I'm coming from so that you can watch this. He gets an opportunity to go work at a bar. What should he say? Now, your answer is going to be he should say no. Because it's a bar. It doesn't matter if it's a bar right now. I just want you to understand what I'm saying. And his first words are not no. They're let me pray about it. Let me pray about it. Why is it that we pray about things that we know are against the word of God? Well, it doesn't specifically say that in there. But inside your spirit, you know you should not go back to that sin again. Why do we keep going back to things that we know are wrong for us? We know that's not what's going to make God happy. We know that it's going to be contrary to everything we know in here and in our spirits. Why? Because we're carnal. We go off of our feelings, our emotions, and our heart. Oh, my heart. I just feel my heart being called to that. I know my heart's being called to that. Really? Let, let just be honest with you. Really? Is your heart really being called for that, or is that your carnal nature being called to that? Come on, let, let's be honest. And, and the reason I'm pushing this so hard is that what I see right now is the fact that we are in a time in, in society where we are closely approaching the end. And the Bible says that if it was not shortened, the, the very elect would be deceived and drawn away. Oh, well, I'm not going to get drawn away. That's what you say now. But I'm trying to give you some truth tonight that, that will help you pay attention to what's going on around you. We see things the way we want to see them sometimes. We, you know, one of my favorite ones is this. Oh, well, it's a little white lie. 
or, or it's a, it, I, I'm, I'm saying that because it's protecting somebody. I, I don't want to hurt their feelings. But when the Bible says, thou shalt not lie. The Bible says thieves and liars will not make it to heaven. But you tell me that, well, well I, I need to pray about should I tell the truth or not. I need to pray about can, can I go and, and share this with somebody. Or, you see, we should not have to pray about those things. But the problem is, is we're so carnal. We think we know more than God. We think we have our life completely figured out. But the problem is, is you're running it by this and by this. And the Bible says you're drawn away by your own lusts and desires. Not the devil made you do it. The devil has no power over you. But now, like I, I shared some examples Sunday, I want to share some more with you. Here we are standing now, get, getting closer by the day to the end where, where the Antichrist is going to return, where, where the mark of the beast is going to be in all of these things. There is going to come a time when, when you are going to have to have the mark of the beast before you can buy or sell. You can't trade. You won't be able to eat. You will be running for your very life. And you have a problem with telling a little white lie, and you're going to stand through that? You have a problem with, with oh, well, well, it was just that she wasn't completely unclothed. It, it was okay. You're not going to stand with that. If you can't stand now, you will not stand there. And as we look at the life of Balaam, as we, as we look at his life there in Numbers chapter 22, what we see is the fact that we have a, a person that is being used by God. Because if you look again in, in Numbers 22, we see, I want you to go down just a little bit. I'm pulling up my other Bible here real quick so I can, since that other one didn't look up. We see right here in verse 9, look at this. Well, verse 8, spend the night here, Balaam said. They're offering him money to go curse the children of Israel. They're offering him money to use the gift and the anointing that God has put on his life. Listen to me closely. They're offering money to use what God has given them. Spend the night here, Balaam says to him, and I'll report back to you with the answer the Lord gives me. He went and prayed about it. Look at verse 9. God come to Balaam and ask, who are these men with you? And here he is telling God the whole story. Balaam said to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, sent this messenger, a people that has come out of Egypt, covers the face of the land. Now come and put a curse on them for me. Perhaps then I will be able to fight them and drive them away. But God said to Balaam, do not go with them. You must not put a curse on these people because they are blessed. But he had to pray about it first. Guys, we don't pray about things like that. I'm not throwing a fleece down. I'm not going to have to search anything to know that, that I don't speak curses on people. And if I continue to go down, then you see that they came and offered him all the silver and all the gold, and he still had to pray about it. And this was a guy they considered a prophet. And if you're telling me that you don't have this issue and you're not a prophet, you're a child of God, you're, you're struggling to, to keep your Christianity every day, these things are at work against your life every single day. And you tell me that I can follow his word everywhere I go. Let me tell you, it is not that easy. The enemy is always coming in. He is here to steal, kill, and destroy. 
And if you're not careful, you will find yourself further down the road than you ever wanted to be. But here's the real danger of it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Here's the real danger of it. You will still be sitting in the church house screaming and worshiping God, but you have already sold your soul. Well, pastor, it, it ain't like that. Well, you know, there's this guy by the name of, name of Samson. He played with Delilah and played with Delilah and played with Delilah because his carnal nature wanted that woman that he was not allowed to have. And it was because of this that he was not allowed to have her because of who she was. And he played with her and he played with her and he toyed with it and toyed with it. And what happened? Eventually, he gave her the secret. He laid right there in her lap. They cut his hair. They bound him and they put him in prison and gouged out his eyes. And the Bible says he did not know, he was not aware that the Spirit of God had left him. The Spirit of God had left him. Church, let me tell you something. We should always be praying that the Holy Spirit of God will convict us of wrong. But can I tell you that when he keeps coming and he keeps pounding away at you and you keep saying, no, it's going to be okay, I'm going to pray about it, eventually he's going to walk up and he's going to find a rock-hard wall and you're not even going to know that he's convicting you of this thing anymore. You're going to find yourself further than you ever wanted to go. You're going to stay longer than you ever wanted to stay, and it's going to cost you everything, more than you ever wanted to pay. Here we have Balaam. Luckily, God sent a donkey in front of him, a donkey to talk to him. I don't know about you, but I've never had a donkey stop in front of me and talk to me. I'm just, I'm just saying but you know what? I know through my life, you know, in Christianity, there are times that, that I was allowing things in and the Holy Spirit was dealing with me and I just turned a nose up to it and said, it'll be okay. I'm strong enough to handle this. Like I'm telling God I'm strong enough to handle something when he's trying to warn me. And you know what happened? Is that I could see that sin in my life and luckily I had people around me that told me the truth to get me out of where I was before I went too far. And they were there to help me get my life straight and, and forgiveness and freedom. Because every time you do that, it gets harder and harder and harder to come out of. Can I tell you, if you continue to read Numbers chapter 23, Numbers chapter 24, and you go into chapter 25, you will find the fact that Balaam did try to curse. He did try to curse the Israelites in the end. But guess what? Every time he tried to curse them, God used it as a blessing upon them. Oh, yeah, God uses all those things meant for bad is for good. Yep, God was turning it around. You've missed the entire point of the story. The point of this story is this. This was a person that spoke to God. It says right here, God came to Balaam and asked, who are these men? When was the last time God walked into your house and spoke to you about something? God came to him two separate times. This is also a guy that, that prophesied some things about the Messiah star. He was hearing from God. He could speak a blessing on people and curses to the point that the, 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 the oh, idol-worshiping kings went to him to do this. He's just not anybody. He's a guy that was listening and talking to God, but he was using his mind and his feelings more. And God continued to allow him to do this for some unknown reason. I can say it's because his, his calling is without repentance. I can say that. But you know what? I'm going to say it's, I don't know exactly why God let all this happen. But what I do know is, is this is a person that was hearing from God, and he still cursed the Israelites, the chosen people. 
And he still brought all these things down upon his life. Why? Because he wanted the money. He wanted the fame. He wanted all of those things. Don't miss the point of this story right here. You've got to protect yourself. You've got to get your eyes off of those things that are constantly dragging you away, constantly turning your vision, constantly taking your time. You've got to stop trying to lead with your heart and saying, God knows my heart, God knows my heart. Yeah, but what does God know about your spirit? See, Jesus says that many will come to him in the end and say, Lord, didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I do this? And he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. He won't say, oh, I saw your heart. It wasn't pure. He said, I didn't know you. To, to know the heart of God is, is to be totally different. It's to spend time with him and in, in his word and learn who he is. So that one day somebody doesn't write a story about you and says, oh, yeah, this was a man or woman of God. But they were an evil prophet, but not a false prophet. They were a carnal prophet, but not a false prophet. C can I explain this part to you? I, I made mention of it earlier. We've got the carnal prophet here and we have the false prophet. You know, a false prophet cannot operate in the anointing of God because they were never a prophet to begin with. They never had that anointing or calling on their life. That doesn't mean the enemy doesn't give them some ability. Because remember, the enemy will come in like an angel of light. He can mimic a lot of things. But that's a false prophet. They, they can't speak those things. They're speaking them through the spirit of death. They're speaking them through soothsaying and witchcraft and all of idolatry. But you have a carnal prophet is called by God but has allowed the world to come in and change the reason why they do this. Why do you serve the Lord? Why did you bow your knee one day and say, Jesus, be my Lord? Did you do it so you don't have to go to hell? Did you do it so you could get out of the situation that you were in? Was it your get-out-of-jail-free card, even if you weren't in jail? What, was it what you were looking for to completely change your life because you were tired of the mess you had put yourself in? Can I tell you, that's not what it's about. It's about the fact that you come to the realization through the Holy Spirit of God that you are lost and going to hell without him. Without him. And when you forget that, you, you're going to find yourself in these places right here. You know why we have so many people standing in churches that are preaching false doctrine and, and we see ministers that are being ordained and that, that should have no business doing that because of the sins in their lives, the open sins in their lives, it's because the people are blinded and they're going more off of their emotions because they've got a carnal person standing up there saying, send me your money. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to pray for you. And nothing changes in their lives. They're as dead when they walked into church as when they leave. And that church is an abomination. Guys, we can't do that. Because as we grow closer to the end, it is going to become harder and harder to see the truth for the lie. Have you ever thought in, in a moment that you would see the fact that people would be coming against the church for meeting and praying, but now they consider it dangerous because they may spread the corona. It, all of a sudden, it is dangerous to go to church. Do you ever thought you would see that? You can't meet outside six feet apart and pray for people without the community saying, oh, they're coming down. See, the truth is being twisted. What is a lie is now truth, and what a truth is now a lie. And they're making up the truth every single day. I saw another report today that, that the CDC is now considered something different on the coronavirus. Every day the science changes. Why? Because they just don't know. And you're telling me that you're going to stand there and say, I can tell the truth? No, the only way you can ever 
discern the truth from a lie is through the Holy Spirit of God and your spirit being alive. Your brain will never, ever, ever get smart enough or learn enough scripture to figure out what the truth is and what a lie is. Only by the spirit can you tell that because your human nature is evil. Your human nature, your heart, God covers us and washes us to cleanse us every single day. We cleanse our mind with the washing of the word constantly to try to get out the things that were planted in there through our fallen nature when we were born. You're, you're no stronger than Balaam. I'm no stronger than Balaam, and I'm no stronger than Adam. And you're no stronger than Adam or Eve, depending on if you're a girl or a boy. But only through Jesus Christ can we make this. And the moment we think we can do this, by ourselves, we have already lost. And if we fall ourselves like, like Balaam did, we will find that we have some donkey running in front of us trying to tell us to stop before God kills us with an angel. Listen, as we go further and further, and I keep bringing this back up because this is the root of where we're at right here. You have got to get this part. This is the crux of the message, if you want to put it that way. If you will allow this sin in your life right now, why things are easy. You will never stop it when it's hard. You will never even come against it. When your family comes up against you and says, oh, well, that's not the Christian thing to do, you're going to fall in line. You're going to fall in line. Why? Because you're more interested in how you feel. Listen, some days I wake up and I'm just like, Lord, I'm just tired today. I don't want to go read my Bible. I don't want to do any of these things. But I know who I am inside. And you know what? I know who I am and what I need to do to keep this body at bay, to keep my mind and my flesh down where they need to be, down where they need to be. Listen, we need to pay attention to what Balaam went through. So through maybe next Wednesday, I'll break down a little bit more of some of the things in chapter 23, 24, and what really happened because the thing is, is, is you need to read this story. Because Balaam did everything that you would think that a man or woman of God would do. But was doing it all for the wrong motives. All for the wrong motives. Guys, so listen, let me, I want to I pray for us tonight. I just, I, I needed to have enough time to share this with you tonight. Because I, I just wanted to bring all of it to you. And, and I said, I'm going to need one more service to probably unpack the last part of it for you. I just, I don't want to run past it. I don't want to, I don't want to shortchange what God is doing because I, I can sense it in my spirit. It ain't in my, in my heart. It ain't in my mind. It's in my spirit that there's an urgency that I have never felt before. There's an urgency that, that I need to make sure that what is right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And I need to make sure that the things that I'm agreeing with and I'm standing with and I'm holding on to are the real things. That I'm holding on to the real anchor. Because if you're not holding on to the real anchor, it will all fall apart. It'll all fall apart. You know, I, I, I like to sing the song by, by Ray Boltz, who, who's no longer serving the Lord and, and the way he was. And it's called The Anchor Holds. And some of you may know that if you don't. Go, go listen to it. It's a very powerful song. And being a former Navy guy, you know, it, it talks about the anchor holds through the storm and all these different things, the anchor holds. Can I tell you a quick story, though, that why that song means so much to me? See, these are the anchors you need to hold on to. 
Why I hold on so desperately to Jesus is because of this. I've tried the world. I didn't grow up in church. I know what the world has to offer. It was all destruction for me. I watched the hand of God throughout my life as I was running away from him. Now I look back and I saw all the times he saved me from destroying myself. I watch him. I watch every one of them now. I can see it. And so I hold on even more. But there was a time, I think we were off the coast of Marseille, France, in about 1994 when I was in the Navy. I was on an aircraft carrier, the USS George Washington, almost a quarter mile long. We had two 10-ton anchors, 20-ton anchors. I don't remember exactly how much they weigh on the ship. But they lay that anchor down. And if the water's 100 feet deep, they put that anchor down, and they lay 50 feet of chain on the bottom. And these chains are this tall. They lay 50 feet of chain on the bottom, then it comes up. And they laid two anchors like that. And a storm came in, and we drug those anchors. We drug those anchors in a storm. You know what? When I sing that song or I think about the fact that my life has to be built on the rock of Jesus Christ, I have something to relate it to of being on that ship when the anchors started dragging and, and how it shook the whole ship as it was dragging those things. You want to talk about it, a, an interesting experience. I understand what it's like to drag anchors. I understand what it's like to serve the world. But I also understand what it's like to serve Jesus Christ and have something that's solid. No matter what comes against my life, no matter what happens, I have something to hold on to. Why? Because my world doesn't get shaken like it used to. Do things happen to me? Oh, God, yes, they do. I'm not exempt from the world. Things happen. But I had to realize that when I start living my life making decisions off of my heart instead of my spirit and, and truly praying and, and understanding the things that God wants me to do and understanding his word to the point where I know that's not right. I know it's not right. My spirit tells me it's not right. I don't care if it's the greatest opportunity I've ever had. I don't care what it is. If my spirit says no, I'm not going to do it. Listen, I've had arguments with God. He told me to take a job one time, and I said, no, I'm worth more money than that. He said, you're going to take that job. I said, I'm not going to take that job. I even told the lady that was trying to hire me, I don't want your job. God told me to take the job. I don't want it. Don't hire me. She interviewed me twice and hired me, and I told her both times, I didn't want your job. God spoke to her, and she hired me. I understand what it's like to go through those things. But with Jesus Christ in your life, it will not be shaken. And when things start coming against us, we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. The word of our testimony, the things that we've come again, we've we've moved past. So listen, again, I want to pray for us tonight. There are people out there right now that you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you need to stop playing church and you need to stop playing Christian. Stop just wearing the bracelets and the shirt and and going to church faking everything till you make it. it listen we are beyond that in this time either you're going to give your life to christ or you're not you will be exposed god is going to expose you for the fake god is going to expose you just like we see in this story so listen you can accept jesus by confessing it with your mouth that jesus christ is the lord he is my savior ask him to forgive you of your sins ask him to to wash you and to cleanse you Confess that he was buried, he was crucified and buried and rose again. Go to Romans 10 and start reading through that chapter and you'll see all kind of things that you need to do. 
but I want to pray for us, and then I want to I do something for you. So, Lord, I thank you for your word, but I thank you for your spirit. I thank you that the Holy Spirit that inspired the writings of the word of God, the Bible that we live by, dwells inside of me. You said the Holy Spirit dwells inside of me. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells inside of me. And I thank you, God. I thank you for saving me, and I thank you for setting me free from the world, but I thank you for opening my eyes and my ears to understand, to see, and to hear the truth of what the world was doing to me. And I thank you for revealing your son to me. And I thank you tonight, God, that you are revealing Jesus to people right now that maybe have been in church their entire lives. Reveal Jesus to them in a way they have never seen. And I pray that right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ name of Jesus. I pray that right now. Guys, listen, I want to I want to do this for you. If if you through tonight, you, you have realized the spirit of God has spoke to you and you have prayed that prayer. And, and you could honestly say to me, Pastor, I wasn't walking with the Lord, but tonight I dedicated my life to him. It's simple as this. Take out your phone. Five, nine, seven, six, nine is the number. And just put the word grace. Five, nine, seven, six, nine. The word grace. It'll send you a little form. Make sure you fill it all out. It'll ask you, did you confess Jesus as your Lord for the first time? Or are you dedicating your life? Fill that little form out with your name, address, phone number, email address. And I want to send something to you. I want to connect with you to help you in your discipleship. I want to help you learn the truth of God so that that anchor will never move again. I want to help you learn the truth so that you can understand when you're moving in carnality or when you're moving in the spirit of God. Just text that number, 59769, the word grace. Go to our website, newlifeag.church. Right there on the top, it says connect, and you'll have the same little form right there. You can fill that out, guys, and do that. Amen. So listen, I'm glad you tuned in with me tonight. I'm excited that you've been tuning in every week. Again, Sunday, if it's not raining, we'll be outside. Wednesday, if it's not raining, we'll be outside. But May the 31st, we'll be back inside the building. And we've got some great things in store for you and, and just what God has been speaking to us through this time. Because I've already told you, if you've been watching for a while, we are not going back to normal. Normal is dead. Normal is beyond. We are moved past normal. There's exciting things to come in the house of God. And there's exciting things to come here at New Life and in Marksville, Mansoura area. Bless you and thank you for tuning in tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Hey, share this video. I love you. Good night. Good night.